and welcome to this perpetual disaster that is our podcast. We like to call this podcast Existential Reality, or ER for short. So I'm Cody. I will be the moderator for our first podcast. Now, throughout this podcast, we're going to kind of alternate the moderators between four of us. But just to tell you a little bit about me, I'm Cody from the state of Texas, joined the military, having a great time, a great life, and I thought it'd be a great idea to bring people of different ideas together and have discussions. So the whole premise of it was I wanted to show people that you can disagree. You can fundamentally disagree and still remain friends and have a civil discourse. So I kind of just want to put that out there that this is not about being controversial or being rude or kraus or anything like that. It's about just having a discussion and having fun with friends. So that's who I am. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm Tyler. I'm one of the other people that's going to be mainly on the cast when I can be here. I'll be another one of the moderators. Um, kind of a similar background from Cody, but I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, and uh, joined the military, and I've gotten a breadth of experience from being all around the world and meeting interesting people. And I'm a storyteller, so I love getting to have those weird late-night talks with your friends when you just kind of cover all the topics people tell you not to talk about. So that's exactly why I'm here, is so that we can do that. And if you guys are into that, then... Please tune in and listen. Hey, guys. Um, my name is Jason. Um, I'm from the Far East over in uh, Japan, Tokyo. Um, so I've been relatively around the world being a military brat. And uh, what I'm known for is asking people strange and unusual questions that make them think. So I wanted to be a part of this to challenge people's perceptions of general knowledge. Because I feel like not a lot of people... Um, they take things for granted and they don't think critically of normal things or even unusual things. So I'm here to bring them to light. <laughs> um, I'm Sally and I'm not from any of those places. I'm from Georgia and I'm just here to talk with my friends and, listen and learn mostly what they have to talk about because they're <laughs> way different than I am. So <laughs> anywho, I'm here to just be a part of ER and learn a little, laugh a little, talk a little shit. <laughs> Amen to that. All right. Now that you know a little bit about us, let's uh, go ahead and jump to our first topic. We're going to discuss communication and how to communicate well and constructively um so the biggest thing about communicating obviously is how you disagree with people and i think that's a very it's very important and it tells a lot about someone uh how they disagree with people so for me i'm i'm not a contrarian contrary to what people believe i'm not a contrarian i just i like challenging people you know i want to like you tell me something especially people that speak in definitives like this is how it is this is definitely how it is i like to be like but why? <laughs> why do you think that? Like, I want to know. And I, I ask more in-depth questions to kind of get you to maybe challenge yourself a little bit. And I, I do that not only because if you have a solid belief, if you have a solid way of thinking, maybe what I'm challenging can help you maybe solidify, you know, your current belief and maybe make it stronger. Like, oh, I've heard this argument and now I know how to show the, my argument against that argument. 
do believe uh, playing devil's advocate is uh, constructive in those kind of conversations. I believe it's constructive when you're not being condescending. <laughs> like that is the biggest thing. Like I hate when people are just being condescending. Like I'm playing devil's advocate. No, you're just being an asshole. Like stop. Like ask constructive questions and be that devil's advocate, even though it's not because so, in my opinion, I think devil's advocate is just somebody that saying something they, they don't necessarily believe, but they want to challenge that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do play devil's advocate, but I do it constructively. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, we'll talk about like theology. I personally am not a believer. Um, I don't like using the word believer because it's not necessarily that I don't believe that there's anything higher up there. I just don't see evidence of it. Right. So I'm not going to tell you there is no you know higher power. Um, but at the same time, when you tell me that there is definitely a higher power, I'm going to be like, all right, let's challenge this. Let's That's talk how about Cody this. introduces himself. Right. Hey, Cody, I'm an unbeliever and fuck Well, you. first off, it's been like five <laughs> yeah, minutes now and I have yet to say I'm an atheist or a vegan, so, which I am not a vegan. You just said both. <laughs> exactly. Wait to slide that in there, guy. You got to, you got to. But, uh. That just I like to I like to challenge it, and but how I communicate with that, I don't want anybody thinking it's a personal attack, right? I I have that I that issue with myself where I I think that what I am doing is constructive, and when I get too far into it, I sometimes lose that constructive mentality, and then they start taking it personally, and then it just goes back and forth. So, Tyler, do you think there's a way to separate um, your beliefs? from a constructive question. Does that question make sense? It does. Um, I think a big part of communication period, especially with your question is just knowing your audience because not everybody's willing to receive the message that you are giving. And you have to be able to understand that this really isn't a battle for you to pick. Uh, you can still stand your ground. You can still have your belief. It's not going to change you, but at the same time, probably nothing that you say is going to change them. So instead of trying to make it a winning game or gain ground, it has to become more of, well, this is just where I stand. I get where you stand, and then we're going to agree to disagree. And that might be the best way to keep it constructive while also having your beliefs as a back because you didn't give up your ground, but at the same time, you didn't try to take theirs. So it's just knowing your audience. And I think that that's something that people don't really know. And it gets, it gets heated because if there's something that you're really passionate about, like you're trying to keep your belief, like you're in that corner, you're ready to come out of that ring and, and fight for it. But we don't always have to be on that offensive. You can, you can find ways to just have – good constructive communication still convey both points and then hopefully take something away from the other party and they take something from you. I think that's important. Absolutely. I mean, one of the biggest things that I advocate is uh, openness and be able to look into the other person's point of view because sometimes we can be uh, isolated in our own thoughts and our own beliefs. Um, But what do you think, um, where do you think the line is? Like, how far should you go outside of your beliefs? We mean as playing devil's advocate? Well, not necessarily that. So, like, let's say... I think it depends on the other person. Yeah. Um, like, it, it so... If you have a certain strong point and you're trying to see their point of view, uh, be it any of the hot topics, like... Um, abortion, gun control, uh, gay marriage or anything like that. I mean, for some people there, there is that hard line where like, I, I, I can't agree or I can't even understand that perspective. Like, so how far should you attempt to cross that line or should you even cross that line at all? I think it's all about, um, verbiage and Sally can attest to that. Um, verbiage is very important to me. The way you word things is very important to me. You know, 
when you're putting so much weight behind certain words, um, you're adding importance to them. And I want to know why you're adding importance to them and why is that important in that situation? So when you communicate, you know, I think you should be able to word your things properly and constructively. Um, that way you're not like certain words aren't popping out to where it feels like, Oh, I feel attacked or that person feels attacked or something like that. Um, sure. Cody. Well, <laughs> you better be able to back it up. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like that's what I'm saying, but you can definitely attest to that. Right. Sally. Yep. <laughs> um, absolutely. Let's not, there's no black and white. It's just everyone's everyone. Here we are. Ooh. <laughs> There's gray areas, you know? Oh, that's what you're talking about. I just <laughs> continue. Well, okay. Continue, please. Mm-hmm. Do. No, no, not you. I'm agreeing with you. I disagree well, with you. So with black and, or with, there's black and white and there's gray. The way that I see gray is strictly subjective. It's opinionated. Absolutely. Subjective. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Sure. We all got one. Yeah. Like an asshole. So if you have a if you have an opinion or a stance on something that's gray, what's opposed to that gray? What's the opposite of that perspective? Oh wow. Gray. Charcoal it's gray. gray. It's just Another more gray. gray. More gray? gray? Yeah, honestly. Isn't there like, like fifty like, shades of gray or no? Well, <laughs> she just got a point, you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's not just one gray we're talking about here. Put the panel down. Am I just... No. <laughs> Step into my conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that, that's my perspective. Like, I feel like if you have a stance and it's in this gray area, there's an objective opposite of that. And what's the direct opposite of gray to me would be that darker gray. Well, I think the gray area is when you get subjective. Like in certain situations... It may be the yeah. opposite. And in those situations, I think you need to understand that when you are talking gray to gray, I like how we're doing the color spectrum thing. Like, <laughs> we can go binary. We can go gray. There. No, I'm just saying, you know, gray is a non-binary. You know? I think the reason people use gray area is this, like, that's what I'm going to use to classify something that I don't really understand. It's, it's the same thing as, like, with water. So with muddy water and then with clear water. If I tell you, hey, just stick your hand in this muddy water and feel around for something. You're going to be way more cautious because you can't even see what you're getting into. It's a mix of things. And you're kind of just like, I guess I'll go into it. But with clear water, like crystal blue water, and I'm like, stick your hand in the sand. Boom, your hand's in the sand. Because you watched it go in and you already know where you stand. Like there really isn't anything that you have to worry about. The fear of the unknown Mm -hmm. is the worst part about it because you don't know how that person's going to react. And you don't even know what it's going to do to your own beliefs. So that muddy water is something that's not bad to get into. It's just how willing are you to fucking send it? I like that analogy. (laughs) the analogy this is because he said send it <laughs> oh yeah i say that a lot that's pretty much my motto <laughs> yeah don't manchester this guy um <laughs> manchester <laughs> we'll get to that later um, but i think that's 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 one of the biggest challenges is combating that gray area because obviously when you're combating gray area gray area like i said it's, it's opinion against opinion you know it's all in perspective yeah you can't really and when you're talking opinion to opinion, the biggest challenge, in my opinion, is uh, yeah, you like that. Um, is talking about opinions where it's not personal, where you're not doing ad hominem tags, uh, hominid attacks, and you're just 
trying to communicate your opinion and you're trying to challenge somebody's opinion and you're trying to allow your opinion to be challenged. What? And we all know our, our values very, they, they sound very close to that. Um, but like the discussion we were having last night, you missed that discussion. It was fantastic. Um, but the discussion we were having last night, we were discussing about protests, right? Like what type of protests were you in? What type of protest was it? You know, like, was there a counter protest? Would you have joined that count or would you have joined a different type of protest? Like, how do you feel about it? And the protest was essentially, it was something of another, we disagreed on how the person protests. Um, and then that got into, um, more of the, how we were wording it, like how we were supporting it, how we were wording our support for it. And that's what I have a real challenge with is when people word things a certain way, I want to know why you're wording it that way. So I can't put like, put fish cutlets on me and protest against animal cruelty like the PETA does. Yeah. That doesn't make well, any sense. <laughs> like, well, that's protesting. It is radical. Is Right, but how do you can com- be seen as ineffective? Right, yeah, exactly, and that's what we're talking about. This there was this man; he was stepping on an American flag, um, and he was just spewing out like you, you were probably here for that, and so mm-hmm. I was here for that. He was spewing out, but like I hate everything, I hate mm-hmm. everything, and we all agreed. There's a certain constructive way to doing it, and then going out there and just trying to cause controversy is not constructive. Because how am I supposed to fix everything? Like you tell right. me, like, I have an issue with everything. I'm like, well, let me get right on that. I'll let you know whenever I come up with a solution for every goddamn thing. <laughs> it's right. not going to work. Like, if you give me a point to get across, like, this is what I don't agree with and this is why, now we can work towards something. But if it's just blind hatred, I'm going to give you blind answers and no one's getting anywhere. And basically, then I, I was like, okay, we all agree that this protest, the way he did the protest, the this specific case was wrong. So then I broke it down. Okay, now what about this type of protest? And like, let's let's take away everything else he did and stepping on the flag. Like, how do you feel about that? And we got into that conversation, like how that means to us. And that's the thing; things mean so completely different to each of us. Um, in that situation, we all agreed. And then when I broke it down to, okay, how do you feel about that symbolism? And then like, well, the American flag means this to me. The American flag means this to me. And I'm like, well, the American flag means this to me. And what if the, what if that what did that American flag mean to that person? So that's what I'm talking about. Like that breakdown, that understanding of other people's um, feelings about one subject and then talking about that, communicating about that um, without being like, we had discussion, disrespectful. What are the lines for disrespect? Because I feel the American flag is one way and you may feel the American flag is the other way. Mm -hmm. So what would you consider disrespect to that symbol would be completely different to my disrespect to that symbol. I mean, that's a completely, um, that's a, like a personal answer, really, because mm-hmm. right. like some pe- I, under- I can understand how people have certain pride for the Confederate flag. Mm-hmm. That's right. I'm I sure. with it as well. Because yeah. it, it was a whole race thing. Mm-hmm. Don't bring out the American flag. If you want it to be a, a racial thing, then just go straight to the point and put the Confederate flag down. That would have really riled up every Georgian <laughs> ever. Um but, like, you can't just put everything on race on the American flag. He was, I mean, I get it. He was in his little cube and whatever. But well, it was all gone about the wrong way. Yeah, because they isolate the problem. Like, hey, this is the big button I want to harp on. Well, I mean, you could put, if, I mean, it's the American flag. So, if you want to put, I guess you could technically put any problem ever that you we ever have on the American flag. And let's just step all over it. Who would do that? Like, I if, mean, aren't you doing the same thing with the Confederate flag, though? 
we don't fly the a Confederate flag. Horseshit. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not, I mean, it's it, the back of the line. I'm you go two saying, miles in Georgia, you, you see but, every one of them. I mean, yes, yes, it is. It's not like prominent. Yeah, exactly. The American flag is what we fly. It's not like confederacies. Uh, meh. We're not talking about that. We're talking about, what are we talking about again? Talking about the, the Union okay. won the South will not rise again. <laughs> Wait, Look, the Union definitely me? fucking won. Get over it. I don't care who I piss off. Get over it. The South uh, lost. So we'll, take it, we'll take it to a different side. So we were talking about constructive conversations, but it got into a way of more like how to win arguments. Not win, but like how to, how to pose an argument. But on the other side of that where it's not charged, how would you have constructive criticism against somebody that it might not be something you're arguing about or trying to have different viewpoints, but you're just trying to approach somebody that might not be on the same wavelength as you. Some of us are way more open and able to just express better, and then some of us are more closed. What would be a constructive way to approach that person and then try to have middle ground to where you can get them to open or maybe they can you can you can get yourself to open better? I think it's very important mm-hmm. to understand that people that disagree with you aren't bad people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People that disagree with you aren't bad people. So they're standing on, like you said, their wavelength and you're on yours. Um, I bring up my conversation with my dad about um, gay marriage. Uh, We had a conversation, full-blown conversation. And I was basically saying, like, you're saying, he was telling me that, well, I believe that it's between a man and a woman. And I'm like, I get that that's your belief. But why is a man getting married to another man in Amarillo, Texas, affecting you down in Rome's Prairie, Texas. How, how is it affecting you? He was like, because you're infringing on my beliefs. I'm like, well, you denying them that rights infringing on their beliefs. Like, how is that equal? Like, how are we weighing that? And we got into this whole discussion and it was completely civil. I mean, obviously it's my father. Like he never meant any malintent with it. Uh, he's just expressing his belief. And I respected that and he respected mine. We fundamentally disagreed, <laughs> but it was all about respect. Cause but that's okay. Yeah, and that's okay that, that, that that's okay to disagree. Agree to disagree. Maybe maybe that's the key right there that people need to understand that it's okay to disagree and not necessarily I have to win and if I lose I butt hurt about right. it. Right, I like that. Point, if you keep yourself in your garden of only one kind of flower, <laughs> that one kind of flower is the only thing that's ever going to bloom. When you start bringing in other colors, other variations of it, and accept that. The garden grows, colors happen, and then things cross-pollinate. Now we're creating more beautiful things that people never imagined before. And your garden's going to get better. But at what point um, do our disagreements and saying, no, you're wrong, get to the point where it's no longer constructive? Because me, when somebody's like, no, you're wrong, or somebody tells me, no, you're wrong, I'm like, well, then this conversation is fucking dead because you don't yeah. want to listen to a word I'm saying. Because you... You already mm-hmm. believe that I'm wrong, so what's the point of me even having this conversation? I think we need to get out of that mindset. And like you said, get out of the mindset like it's about win or lose. How about it's about understanding? How about we get to the understanding where it may, that understanding may be like we just disagree. We're just going to mutually disagree. What would be uh, things we can use to better understand each other? Like analogies or examples that we could try Something to apply? Something that's relatable. Something that's relatable? To the other person. No one in your audience. Anecdotes. <laughs> puns. Yeah, puns, definitely puns. I use humor. I really do. Like that I'm I'm a goofy, jokey person. I love I have sarcastic wit. Like that's that's just my way of breaking things down to make it less hostile, I guess. Like it's always approachable. I still have my point, and I don't mean to do it in a way that might be condescending or anything. I try to stray from that. But I do like to use humor as that cushion of you can talk to me. 
Like, I'm still going to believe what I believe, and you fucking know that. Like, I make that very evident. I'm a super proud person of a lot of the things that I do and who I am. That's part of my energy. But I also back that with that cushion that people can still approach it and have their way of doing how they want to do it. Well, I like I like people that are like that a lot, and I think that's why we that we really we get along so well. And when I say get along, I don't mean we agree on everything. <laughs> like it's two different things. We get along so well, I think, because we disagree on a lot of things, but we disagree yeah. in the same way. Does that make sense? We have the same way of disagreeing with each other, and it just remains respectful. Like he's not going to ever tell me like, "No, you're wrong." He's going to tell me, "But what about this perspective? Or what about this?" Exactly. You, you say that to not get personal. I feel that's very effective. To get personal? Mm-hmm. Well, what are we talking about? Like, are we talking about ad hominid, or are we talking like? So, I, I think people get highly uh, defensive when I bring up past situations or things that they used before, and I'll I'll let them be able to bring it back into context, whatever they said. But whenever I use things like, oh, well, you did this, or Karen did this, and said these things, and I was under the impression that that she believes those things. Mm -hmm. So why is it different now? I don't understand. Could you explain? Sally, look, you got something on your mind. But that's like, um, we have stale air. What's going on? We're having technical difficulties. Sally broke. <laughs> I'm broken right now. Hold on. <laughs> we got to wind her up again. She's got to be rewired. You know. Send it. Uh, but no, yeah. like, like for, exa- for example, um, we'll be talking about, see, I didn't have an example prepared, but um, um, let's say someone says they're not religious anymore and I bring up the fact, like, but hey, your wife is religious and you guys practice uh you guys have religious practices and you say you've converted what's up with that and then you can explain yourself that way because that's the confusion part on my part me making it personal you have that understanding of yourself so you know you know exactly what it is instead of some hypothetical situation right like i think okay i see what you're saying now yeah that that makes sense like creating a personal like uh like a personal story mm-hmm. that helps a personal attachment perfect that's yeah. what that's if it happens to your daughter yeah a personal mm-hmm. attachment with, but that's not that's not ad hominid that's not a like direct attack you're not trying to hurt somebody if that makes sense mm-hmm. you're not trying to get under somebody's skin you're adding perspective mm-hmm. and that yeah 100 that perspective that personal like intimacy of it if you must mm-hmm. um i think that's that's very very important um but communication altogether is it's challenging mm-hmm. it, it, it's really challenging it's challenging for more people than most you know and that's, and that's just verbal we yeah. didn't discuss like yeah. physical cues yeah. Yeah. tone body language i'm very exactly. tuned to physical cues yeah. <laughs> i am oh, sally i am too <laughs> I have a coworker whose face speaks everything she thinks. That's that's my face. It's my eyebrows. And I'm like, what's wrong? She's like, no, I'm not mad or upset. I was like, well, your eyebrows sure say you are. Yeah. Yeah. I just have RBF all the time, so nobody uh, knows what I'm really yeah. actually thinking. So. We don't use the bitch word here. Oh, I didn't. Oh, I said did I RBF. <laughs> no, don't oh, ever. <laughs> That's a blunt joke. That's not fair. Bitches love being called beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Well, to end on that, um, I like to end on this note. It's all about note. being constructive in your communication. So it's always about wanting to learn something from the person you're communicating with, to the, from the person you're disagreeing with. If everybody goes into a conversation willing to be like, maybe I'm wrong, I think we will have a lot more constructive communication. All right, you flat earthers, you heard it from him. Okay, no, flat earthers are just stupid. <laughs> all right. We'll He'll heal you all around the globe. Don't. <laughs> Well, let's hope so. Um, but we're going to go ahead and go to our little short segment we have with our special guest, Tracy, here. We're going to have a short discussion about a fun little topic called anti-vaccination. So tune in. So this will be the beginning of our segment, our very first segment, and our special guest today in this segment is my wife, Tracy. She's not my actual wife. We just, we're only married at the bar, all right? <laughs> so today, me and Tracy are going to have a discussion about kind of communicating with anti-vaxxers yeah. and challenging them. And kind of challenging their beliefs in a way, in a more respectful way that we can actually maybe persuade them. So, mm -hmm. Tracy, what is your view on anti-vaccination? Anti-vaccination? Yeah. Well, a little background on how I got into this. Um, I became a part of this natural mothers group. And for me... It's all about reducing chemicals that are in the household that you don't have a lot of information about, cause allergic reactions, eating organic, stuff like that. It turned into being a site about not vaccinating your children, which for me, it's like a personal belief. You either believe hype against it or believe it works. I feel like there's a significant difference between believing science mm -hmm. and believing in your faith. Um, faith is very important. Believing in your faith is very important. Having that belief without any evidence is just, just complete and utter faith. <clears throat> it's mm -hmm. very important, but it can also be very dangerous. Mm -hmm. I think anti-vaccination is a very dangerous belief um, yeah. because not only are you talking about your kid's health, we're talking about everybody else's kid's health. Right. Because there's some kids out there that can't get vaccinated. Or anyone who's immunosuppressed. Or... Yeah, right. And I I don't want to say, like, I don't, I'm one of those people that don't like saying, oh, I believe in science. Because mm -hmm. like Neil deGrasse Tyson said. Yeah. Science doesn't care if you believe it in it or not. Right. It's just true. It's just real. Well, it doesn't really matter if it's it's not a faith thing. It's fact right. thing. It's got evidence based. Mm -hmm. That's why we use vaccinations because evidence shows that mm -hmm. it works. Yeah. With very minimal side effects. Right. And it upsets me because what brought the anti-vaccination movement on was an article written by this doctor that was trying to get published right and that's about all autism was about autism yeah and it was discredited it, it completely discredited so mm -hmm. he he like correlated 
autism with or he created a causation mm-hmm. instead of a correlation with autism and and vaccination and that correlation is that um when kids get vaccinated like there's these all these kids there's more and more kids yeah. ever since more and more kids are getting vaccinated more and more kids are coming out with autism but what he failed to recognize was no not more and more kids are getting autism we were actually learning more about autism yeah. and recognizing what it is and the right. big ass spectrum that it is so we're learning more. So obviously if we're learning more and realizing that autism is greater than we thought it was, mm-hmm. there's going to be more cases. So it's just a correlation that cases of autism right. going up and the case uh, and vaccines going up, mm-hmm. get your kids vaccinated. And in my opinion, even if it does cause autism, I would rather have an autistic kid than a dead, than kid. A dead kid. Yeah. Well, that there is very high scientific proof that it works mm-hmm. now. I vaccinated my kids. I didn't moderate the schedule. The article you're talking about was um, saying that because they get so many vaccines concentrated at one time, that it, you know, can make them sick, cause autism, and um, you know, neurologic. Um, I don't want to say disabilities, but um, deficiencies maybe. Um, but for me. For me and my children, I vaccinate them against the older, more proven ones, you know, polio, measles, everything. Um, they are vaccinated against chickenpox, too, which when I was younger, we had chickenpox parties. Mm-hmm. You know, we all got it at the same time. <clears throat> I do not vaccinate against the flu. Um, because it's a mutating virus, they're always behind. They're never going to... You know, they can't predict the future. Uh, I mean, I don't necessarily don't believe that to be around. true. Well, we created the vaccine that they're, that the flu, that mm-hmm. the virus is adapting to and evolving from. Right. So we can understand what direction is evolving so we can counter that by creating a new vaccine. Trends. Right. It's all based on I mean, previous trends. Science is obviously so, not. And yeah. It's okay. So Richard Dawkins says something fantastic. He said, science can never be just proven because it's not math. The only thing that right. can be like directly proven with like this plus this and this and this equal this mm-hmm. is math. Science just takes an overwhelming amount mm-hmm. of evidence. So of course you're not going to have a perfect you know system right. with science. You're going to have outliers and you're going to have things that can be considered mm-hmm. disproof of science well, I working. Just, I just feel like today with the modern medicine <clears throat> we have, it's always been about treating symptoms of the flu. Very rarely, you know, it's, it's not as rare as some things. But do people die from the flu compared to how many people contract it? So, and I feel like a certain amount of naturally acquired immunity is better and stronger than getting the vaccine. So, I kind of disagree with you on that too. Because actually, the so the coronavirus, right? Mm-hmm. It's just the coronavirus came out. Um, and it's a new strain of coronavirus. We've had coronavirus before right. back in 2003 or so. There's a pandemic too. Mm-hmm. but this one is a new strain and it's, it's, it's going fast and that's yeah. what scares people. Um, but did you know, I can't, I can't give the exact numbers, but I know um, almost for a fact that there are more deaths in the United States now mm-hmm. in, in 2019 to 2020, there are more deaths from the flu now than there are in the, from the coronavirus in China. Yeah. So I think we it's should be not- a little bit more concerned about the flu than, you know, it, I do, it's a very I small number. There's no, 
with so with with other vaccines, you know, I feel like with the flu vaccine, it's not a for sure thing. Like it could be a different strain that kills your kid. I mean, technically, so is the polio. Like polio, the the polio vaccine sometimes doesn't work. Very rarely, but it's not an exact science. It just doesn't work. So I think even with the flu, I think you should be very cautious with the flu because the flu is a deadly virus. So would you be more, would you rather be more trying to be more safe than just choosing the not safe route altogether? I think that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just don't view it as not necessarily safe to not get the flu vaccine because you have to get it every year even though it's i just told you there's more deaths in the united states i understand i understand but i feel like my children are relatively healthy right um we've gone through many flu viruses before um and they've come out pretty unscathed and so have i now another thing is um I nursed all of my children. Mm. So they get some antibodies from me as well that I feel makes their immune system strong. Right. Of course, their immune system is pretty probably well built yeah. up at this point. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I think mm-hmm. even if we... The, but that's not considering everybody else's immune system. Well, like in the beginning. Right. Exactly. Look at that full fucking circle. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm just more concerned like i am concerned with everybody else around you but i'm also i I am concerned because it may take that newly evolved flu virus to really have an impact on your kids and it that that flu vaccine that at that time i may decide to vaccinate against the flu virus but then again this this is obviously hypothetical to be honest i don't like entertaining hypotheticals but uh, like the most common couple of strands it's not you know what i mean i also don't have my dogs on the Bordetella vaccine because I feel it's the same thing. Kennel cough happens. Mm. And just because they take vaccines doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Also, Mm. you know, I don't, I don't board them. You know, we go out of town, they either come with us or somebody comes to our house and takes care of them. Mm. Um, But I understand being proactive. And like I said, they are vaccinated against, a lot, and they do do the you know rec- you know required vaccinations for school and the boosters and everything that they have to have. Right. So, when we communicate this, because right now we already have talked about herd immunity being so important. It is a, herd immunity is impo- very very important because there's kids out there. There are kids out there that have a very strenuous immune system that mm-hmm. even vaccines are dangerous for them yeah so it takes the kids around them to kind of create that shield to protect mm-hmm. them it's 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 that's a beautiful thing that's like yeah one of the most beautiful things that science has ever created like if you in my could opinion. do this for somebody <clears throat> would you not right. not for you like just kind but of put you yourself to the else. side and be like yeah. take that that minor that point zero zero one percent chance mm-hmm. of and that's not an exact number but that small small chance of your kid having a side effect from a vaccination. Right. Take that and weigh it to the higher chance of your neighbor who has some immune deficiency. Right. Getting that disease. Like 
we should weigh that. Like, obviously, our children are going to come first, which right. I firmly stand by. Mm -hmm. um, but how we communicate with that, because obviously, we we just shared, like, two different points of views mm -hmm. about the flu vaccine, something as right. simple as a flu vaccine. And how do we challenge that? Because I... To me, it's, it's... I don't know. See, I... I I firmly believe that I should not push my beliefs on anybody else and I should be okay with what they choose. But I firmly believe that beliefs are beliefs mm -hmm. that are subject to change and they should be subjective to change. Yeah. Um, and that's what beliefs are. Beliefs are innately just malleable there. You mm -hmm. can manipulate beliefs. Like people have done it for years. I mean, I hate saying manipulate, but that's what, yeah. that's what it is. And, but how, just how do we people to think about it in a greater capacity? Right. But how do we challenge somebody's belief? Because in my opinion, I challenge people's beliefs with science and facts. And even that well, can be and, seen as a personal attack. And Well, that, and they, they will come back with science in their favor. Um, I've heard a lot of things with, you know, the stem cells from um, fetuses used to develop them that's been covered up. Um just there there is a lot of and i don't want to call it propaganda but i feel like that's what it is but i think it's, it's like a scare tactic to scare people out i think yes it should be somebody's choice absolutely especially <clears throat> in america yeah but um but when we're talking about the greater good yeah i feel like choice and this is going to sound very you know communist of me yeah but the greater good should outweigh your personal beliefs that's Honestly, that's just my opinion. Yeah. And I'm not running for president anytime mm -hmm. fucking soon. So don't fucking worry. <laughs> <laughs> but the greater good should outweigh it. And when it comes to people challenging, you yes. know, my science with their science, I feel like that belief science, mm -hmm. I'm not going to call it a fake science, but that belief science, mm -hmm. it's more of confirmation bias. Like they're looking for what they want to hear. Yeah. And when they don't, when they get they the will keep opposite, searching until they find it. Right. And then they will, they they will cite. They will be like, well, this person, this article, and this person, mm -hmm. like, cool. But did you read what the other fifteen scientists said, or did you read what the other yeah. twenty scientists said, who all said the opposite right. of that? And that's basically what happened with the anti-vaccination movement. Yeah. And that. That author, that that scientist or that doctor, when he wrote the article, he actually did not write it to say, do not vaccinate your kids. Right. He kind of wrote it and tried to manipulate people and to, like, just change the way you vaccinate your kids. Like, right. don't do it all at once or yeah, do it in spread it out terms, which is not a terrible way to do it. Right. But that feeds into people's fear and it feeds into people's beliefs and it changes their beliefs. And next thing you know, you have these extreme movements like the anti-vaxxer movement. Yeah. Um, but I think people believe what you want to believe, That's... but don't endanger other people's kids. No, don't endanger other people in general, mm -hmm. not just kids, uh, kids, elderly, immune suppressed individuals. Right. There's a whole list. All right. Well, I think that was a very constructive conversation. I really enjoyed that conversation. Um, we will close out. I will let you have the last words. If you, if you have any, I'll let you close out this segment we have here and then we'll jump back into the next or continuing our conversation from earlier. So would you like a closing words? Do what works for you. I like that. All right.
Welcome back to ER or existential reality, whatever you want to call it. No, we're trying to shorten up so people can uh, kind of understand it. So our main topic is communication. And for the second part of this podcast, we are just going to discuss the five love languages. We're going to get a, get into our love languages and we'll kind of explain what they are and how we use them in our own lives. So I'll start off by saying that my love language is... Well, first, let's let's list them first, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. There's five of wow. them. Not Way to go, moderator. Uh, <laughs> all right. So there are five love, love languages according to... Uh, we will Google that shit and we'll tell you who it's according to. That's one. So, FiveLoveLanguage.com. That's what it is. There's, there's, a, there's a person. There's a person that wrote the book. So am I. Who wrote the book? Sally's um, going to figure out who wrote the book, and but we're going to go through the five love languages real quick. So the first one is words of affirmation. The second one, acts of service. The third one, gifts. The fourth, quality time. And then the fifth is touch. So we're going to break those down to you when we go through the podcast, because I'm sure we all have different ones, and we're probably curious about the other ones as well. So we're going to break those down for you later on in the podcast. Break it down, Cody. All right. Um, so mine, my main one, because I was multiple, um, my main one was touch. That's a big one for me. And it gets huge for me. And um, it's not that big. It's a big one for me. <laughs> it was big enough. You know, you got the job done. So the big one for me. So mine was touch. I like I like that that contact. Um and even when we're out in public, I, I, I can tell you right now, I don't like PDA. But that constant, like, having your partner, like, at least, like, your shoulder to shoulder or your arms are locked. Open display. Even holding hands. But I'm not talking about all that. Like, I'm not going to make out in the middle of a fucking mall or in the middle of a, like, park. You know, that's not my thing. It's totally John Hughes. Aww. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Sally. Go ahead and go ahead and explain your love language since you just took the test. Well, I have not read the book by Gary Chapman. We Googled that shit. <laughs> yeah. Five love languages.com. It gets you every time. So you can take love languages by Gary Chapman. For those of you that don't know, please tune in and we'll give you a link to five love languages by Gary Chapman. And there's a really cool quiz you can take. <laughs> we gotta pay for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> the quiz was free. Well, I just took the quiz and it told me things that I did not know about myself, which I totally thought that I was going to be mostly words of affirmation. But number one was quality time. Number two was acts of service. Three words of affirmation. Four gifts. Five touch. Do you agree with that? Um. Uh, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I can't not agree. I mean, I did the quiz. So. I mean, you disagree that you're Ravenclaw. All the time. I'm not a Ravenclaw. No, right. uh, we're not that. That's all. Uh, so this talk? test is valid, but you know, fuck Pottermore. Um, <laughs> anywho, no, I, I do, I do appreciate quality time. I never, I didn't think about it until it asked you these kind of crazy, dumb questions that you never ask yourself ever. You're never going to ask your th yourself these things. Jason questions. Yeah. Super Jason questions. Jason. Yeah. No, for, no doubt. But I don't know. I mm, totally agree. Yeah. I like quality time and I like one-on-one. -on -one. Like I like just 
being able to like be with someone and we don't even have to do anything but just just exist like coexist type of thing and just you know I don't know just be doing whatever I need to do if I'm doing homework or I'm working or watching tv or you know I've had a bad day and I don't want to talk right now but we're just like right beside one another I don't need to talk about it let's just hang out quality time and then I also like communication which words of affirmation is not communication but I'm just saying I want to communicate that's all Jason um for me I would say it's quality time for me and touch um I think that just comes naturally like I don't have to think about it like I just want to be around this person and I want to do stuff with them that's how I show my affection but I respond more so with words of affirmation because I feel uh, at least in my life it irritates me whenever I do something or try to explain something and I don't get that acknowledgement or the understanding about who I am and what I'm doing. Um, so I respond well to words of affirmation, but as far as me communicating, I do it through quality time and touch. Yeah, if you haven't noticed, Addie's is definitely quality time because we're ignoring her right now. You can probably hear it in the podcast. <laughs> oh, Ads. Um, <laughs> it's one of his little fur babies. She is my daughter, my brat. Love her to death. All right, Tyler, nice what are yours? Brat. Okay. So for following along with prioritizing the five, I'm definitely going to go with quality time. Um, something says a lot about just saying saying nothing at all, but still getting every bit of the moment. Like, that's awesome. If you're with somebody that you totally trust and you're open with and you can experience just like that downtime of having that person around, but nothing's expected. And it, it's just natural. It's what comes naturally. So that's that, that's my quality time. And it could also be extravagant. We can go on a trip. We can plan something spontaneously. But I'm doing it with that person for the quality of their time. Um, and then I think another one for me, me personally, would be gifts. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to go out and buy something. I like going out and making things. I like music and I like cooking. So if I bring food to you, that's a gift. That's like, something that I put my heart and soul into and I made for you because I know that's what you like. I know that's what you're comfortable with. And if I find out about any old recipe that you love when you were growing up or anything, you're damn right. You're going to wake up and that's going to be there for you out of nowhere. <laughs> like, I'm not going to tell you about it. It's just going to happen. And that's the gift that, 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 and then third is probably going to be touch, but there is a time and a place. Like, Obviously, you don't want to always be like gross and all over each other. But fuck, sometimes I might just pick you up and make out with you in the middle of a public place because I can. And it's just it's random. But like don't it has to be sporadic. It can't be all the time because <laughs> if it's all the time, then you kind of loses that. Promise. <laughs> but you know what I'm getting at. Like, yeah. just like, you know, you kind of keep it. You keep that distance of like, eh, eh, eh. and then I don't know. We're like, hey, come here. And that's that's that kind of thing. That's like, ah, I got it. Um, but yeah, words of affirmation definitely matters, but it goes back to that quality time of, I really appreciate, like you can say a lot with saying nothing at all. So the words of affirmation thing kind of falls on me. And then I guess acts of service would have to come in as my fourth acts so, of service, but that goes into my gift thing, but acts of service of like just doing something nice for somebody because you know, they appreciate it. So you don't want to like take my trash out or anything. I take your trash out. <laughs> you got trash? Just, there's, so, there's a lot of noises in his room, by the way. So if you make her some uh, some beans, that's a double whammy, right? Hell yeah. Yeah, it's like a musical fruit. Oh, beans, beans, the, the musical fruit. 
Oh, okay. Oh, well, okay. Music and food, okay. Yeah, I was, I was confused. There's no, musical no, food. No. Like, what? There's musical food? <laughs> yeah, it's beans. Um, <laughs> uh, so, I really like that, and I like how we kind of broke down how we show these types of love. But how would you, like, for communication-wise? So, this, it's a love language, so I'm about to get into this, so bear with me, people. Um, for me, like, I communicate a lot of mine. My top three is touch, acts of service, and quality time. That was my top three, and that was in order. So, obviously, I communicate really well with sex, and that that's just how I communicate. Like, and during that, like, it's constant, like, I want to be, like, connected Mm-hmm. in that way um and then acts of service like i i want to please my partner like that is that is my you know i love that i that just fantastic um but that's why those are definitely my top two and quality time like obviously that's that like i like spending time together like in bed that's how we that's how my time is and i'm not saying that's all my communication is with those three love languages but that's a big one for me that's how I really understood my love languages was when I was in bed with a partner. Um, uh, especially when it comes to touch, you know, I used to like, whenever I stay in bed with somebody, I would always want to be like my, my last relationship, like always pushed off me. Like he always pushed off of me. And I kept like, he kept saying, you were pushing me to the edge. I'm like, that's just cause I want to cuddle. Like, <laughs> And I kept trying to cuddle and you kept pushing away and I just kept getting closer. And that's the only reason I pushed him to the edge. So that's how I mainly communicate my love languages. But do you understand your partner's love language? Oh, yes. Because it's not necessarily the same. Right, right. 100%. And I think that is one of my favorite things about the love language test thing is like understanding their love languages and then how they communicate their love towards you. Um, Some of them, though, like words of affirmation, not going to lie, it gives me makes me very uncomfortable when there I get constant praise and like uplifting things it makes it makes me yeah. uncomfortable like I just that's just how I am but I understand that that's what my partner likes this is what my partner wants to do so I'm like fine give it I'm sexy tonight all right let's go <laughs> like, are your like love it. languages like can they are they allowed to like change can they change throughout like, absolutely because I'm sure, yeah. I think honestly I never, like I said, I, I've never even thought about this type of thing before. Like, even when I was in a relationship, I feel like this was totally different. Like, I, this order would have been totally different than it is now as a single woman. I think mine is the way it is because I'm basing it off of just who I am now. I'm a different person. And so I think that if I was in a relationship again, that I would, I could pick a different order. I would definitely do different order i mean my my touch was like four out of five which is really weird right that's weird (laughs) that sounds weird the quiz said that though not i'm just saying it was just a quiz free quiz it's not like but what you appreciate most is just what what you put importance in the way i would interpret it i i agree i just feel i don't know i just didn't know can they can it change so with like for me acts of services um that's a big thing for me i guess i'm a little more traditional in the fact that i want to do stuff for my partner um yeah uh, when i tell people i was like people who are in relationships and they complain about their husband or or boyfriend or whatever 
they say, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. He didn't do it right or whatever. I tell them, you know, sometimes you got to let a man be a man. That might be a little controversial. I maybe. like that. Go ahead. Chop like, that wood. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, you know, they the, yeah. the things that they do for you, like, hey, I want to do this for you. This makes me feel important. And I want you to realize that this is me and I'm giving you me. If you deny me um, this part of myself, then I feel uh, maybe not inadequate, but like I, I can't give you all of me. You know what, I, you know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. No, I, I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, definitely. It's um, a very attractive quality to have. Just mm-hmm. to, I like when you see when something needs to be done and you do it, regardless of if it's not even like that big of like it, it doesn't even have to be important. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But it's something that has needed to be done. Like those lights out there need to be changed, you know, and let's just change them. I'm going to go buy some new ones, let's wrap it up, change them out, whatever. I would, mm-hmm. uh, come on. Just anything. I don't know. I just, I get exactly what you're saying. I yeah. love it. And sometimes people's acts of services, it's not that immediate. Like some people can be considerate. So I know how some ladies don't like it when men asks them to do something. And it's like, <laughs> uh, do you want me to do this? I can do this for you. Like it's completely sincere and they want to do it for you. They're just being considerate. And then in my experience, some ladies are like, ah. No, I'll do it myself or whatever. And they're like, no, I feel like shit now. I'm like, I was just, I was just being considerate, you know? Yeah, I, I, I like that a lot. Um, and I, like I said, the reason I really love these is it's such a, it's such a great way to understand the way people communicate their love. And I think love is such a fantastic way to communicate because, I mean, I, in my opinion, I think love is a one communication one way to communicate and this is not just um romantic love no no i no no not I, family I mean, I use, friends i use a romantic example even with like touch like when i get home you know i live far away from home when i get home to see my family it's hugs mm-hmm. you know i go in i give hugs you know and, you know i get a kiss on the cheek and that's that's fantastic like that's that's all honestly all i need cool i'm back we can pretend like i've never been gone you know you know i've been gone for almost a year now um and that's the type of love that's really fantastic and i'm going home here pretty soon my mother's birthday is valentine's day mm. hopefully we will be able to have a discussion with her on that weekend that on some be- super bowl sunday <laughs> we will have that discussion with that um but my my mother's showing of love is definitely acts of service that's how she communicates her love so I kind of like using how other people communicate their love and using that, kind of using that for them because mm-hmm. I figure they can appreciate that more because they understand it more. So, you know, when I get home, I'm going to take mom out to dinner. We're going to have a nice little dinner. I'm going to pay for the meal. We're going to have a really good time. I'm going to let her drink whatever she wants to drink and then probably have to drive her home. <laughs> well, well, go ahead, Tyler. No, no I, I really just like what Cody like touched back to because that makes sense of like, Quality time means a lot for me in the way that I said it meant a lot for me because my parents were both very hardworking. Like time with them was very, very scarce. So if they could ever just like take a moment to sit down and just call me from the next room where I was doing my thing because I was always in my space with my brother. That's why my brother and I are so close because we had each other. 
and my parents worked really, really hard to give us everything that we have. So whenever you would just hear like a, Hey boys, like come here real quick. And we would go into a room and it's just like my dad or my mom, you know, and they just had a moment to like sit down and just like, no, I just, I just want you guys here. And we could still just play and do whatever my brother and I normally do, but my parents got to be there for it and like watch. And then my brother and I would be in a game and dad would jump in and he had no idea what he was doing, but it was awesome because he would learn. And then we wouldn't even say anything. Like we would just be doing what was normal to us. But I look back at it and I thought like that was quality time. That was, we didn't even have to like get to a point. We didn't have to have these like super movie worthy, like awesome lines that just made it. No, what made it awesome was the fact that it was just two people doing what comes natural to them and seeing that time is so precious to someone that has to spend it doing something they don't want to do that when they finally get a moment to give it to someone that they can, it's used in a way that just makes it like, it's perfect. What would you guys, out of these five, you relate to the least? Gifts. Gifts? Either gifts or words of affirmation. Um, words, I'm a man of action. Send it. <laughs> Send it. <laughs> so for me, it's definitely gifts and words of affirmation because those kind of come one and the same for me. Um, I don't I don't like getting those. I don't, I, don't, I don't like it. It just makes me uncomfortable because I like, I feel like it creates this level of is it Sheldon's expectations of like I have to give something back now. Well, no, not necessarily. It's a well, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll say because it. it's yeah. a level. Like somebody shows up and they give you something that's like, oh my god, like that's crazy. Why did you do that for it, me? And now you're like, what do I do for them? Right. It creates a level of expectation. Yeah. Tit for tat. Yeah. I, yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's always like that because some people they just want to just want to do something for you, and I love that. It's fantastic. What do you but think? So what it creates me internally is that you know, level of expectation. I am terrible at receiving gifts. <laughs> I'm not good at it at this all. This weekend is not going to be fun for you. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, for I... those of you that don't know, this weekend is actually Sally's birthday, and mm-hmm. we went all the way out to give her everything that's going to make her so uncomfortable. I'm already She has no control over the whole situation. It just makes it that, also that makes much her better. uncomfortable. Yeah, makes it that much better. So number five is gifts, <laughs> unless it's Tito's. Hey, show up at our house with Tito's or some mashed potatoes and you're fucking good. Guys, Chicken we got to pay for these sponsorships. <laughs> she meant Tato's. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Tato's. Just show up with some Tato's. Just flash your tits. Sally's good. Mm. Vodka. <laughs> Took another turn. <laughs> you can just bleep them out afterwards, right? Bleep. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, is it the same thing how Cody feels? Is that how you feel about receiving gifts oh, or is it different? Well, receiving, like, I I do feel, so I, it's weird because I love to give gifts. I do. I do. Like, I, yes. I give things, like, I feel like all the time, like, well, I'll randomly see something like, oh, like, so-and-so is going to love this. You know what I mean? Just for no reason. And like, why not? Like, why not just be like, Hey, like this made me think of you. So I'm going to give it to you. Like, I don't want anything in return. I don't expect anything in return. I, you know, but just, I just wanted you to know that it made me think of you and I just wanted you to have it type of thing. But in reverse for me, like, it's like a, everybody let's let's be honest. I mean, everybody loves to receive something. You might receive it awkwardly, (laughs) like whatever. I it's mean, a blanket it, statement, and I, which the blanket I do not fall under. But like, it's like one of those woolly scratches. Yeah, but if they fall under the blanket, you're happy to fucking receive. Hey, <laughs> take it out of the bedroom, guys. Oh. Ah, 
Okay, it. what I was saying is, by no means am I like a flower way, type a of girl. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here talking about flowers, and you're talking about okay. Flower. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Oh, there it is. Whoop. Oh jeez. Oh no. We, Where are we at now? We definitely need to pay for a sensor now. Um, <laughs> what about you, Tyler? Uh, which one do you think you relate to the least? The least? It's I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. It's words of affirmation. Just because it goes back to my whole like my number one quality time of like if you can really make a moment a moment without having to like. And this is coming from somebody that I speak well. I know I fucking do. I use my words well. And I like the way I speak. I like the way that I wrap it up in my music and my lyrics. And, like, I think about words all the time. So it's kind of a break for me to be able to have that same impact when there's no words. Mm -hmm. Because you focus on it all the time. So whenever you get it, it's like talking about work all the time. And then you finally get to get away from it. So... Yeah, definitely words of affirmation because like you can tell me that I'm doing good. That's great. But if you can show me that I'm doing good, that body language, that like involuntary response of like, I can't help it. I have to like reach out and do something for this person. Or like Sally said, if you're walking through a store or a market and you see something and as soon as you see it, that person pops in your head and you're like, they would love this. That tells me that you know enough about them to see some object that is either painted a certain way, colored. It, it doesn't matter. Like that, that, that one thing stuck out enough that the person that impacted you carried with you, you they weren't even there. So the words, yeah, they're nice, but I, I don't really, I kind of fall off on that. For me, um, as far as receiving, it would be acts of service. Because I feel like I always need to do something. Like I want to do things for people. I don't feel like you need to do anything for me. Um, I don't know if that's particularly healthy or not, but that's, that's what I do. Um, as far as, uh, me communicating a love language, I would say it would be me giving gifts because I have a certain um, perception of you. And if, if I give you socks, like these socks are badass and you're totally not a sock person. I mean, I can see it in your face when you're like, Ugh. but so out of, out of the five, that's where I would feel as I far as giving. First socks. of all, if you send me socks that are goofy and have, like, random shit on them, I will love them. I, oh, yeah. I love stupid gifts. Like, stupid gifts, like, I, I can get those all the time. Like, that because is so fucking random. Because, like, if you can get a person, but it's like, hey, I got you socks. And everyone else around sees that, and they're like, you got her socks. You I love socks. socks. I've heard then, socks But that person list. is like, what? Like, that, that is that connection of, like, some random gift that just means that you understand the person, and then they get that gift, and they're receiving it's just like, what? Uh, let me just put this in. It sort of kind of fits in. Um, I was taught, at least in a marriage, maybe so in a relationship, mm -hmm. there are three major problems. Oh, boy. I think one, I've heard this before. Oh, one God. is sex. Yep. Yep. Two is money. <laughs> yep. And three is kids. Yep. Like, how many you want? How are you going to raise them? How like should we spend our money? How that. much money we have? Sex, how much we should have it? How... Uh, how we're having sex and whatnot. Those are the three biggest issues, at least in a marriage. It could also be incorporated into Thanks relationships. Relationship. But in that way, how do we communicate in order to uh, resolve those issues? Yeah, using these. Like, definitely using mm -hmm. Understanding those, especially because all that, what you said, encompasses love and patience. Mm -hmm. And I think patience and love come hand in hand. Oh, I like that. So I think these... Using these um, understandings, I will, I'll use that. Their understandings are they're like ways of learning how to love. Mm -hmm. 
doing that and learning how people love and how your partner loves, you can use that to combat those 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 problems. I uh, think but... understanding your partner's love language as much as you understand yourselves is a big thing as well. Where it's like if <laughs> there's nothing wrong with I guess having the same love language language. Good lord, Tito's. Whatever you want to call it. Um, is just as important as knowing your own is just, it's just, I don't know. No, I like that because it goes back to what you said earlier of like, can your love language change? I do think so because somebody might introduce. So like mine is words of affirmation at the bottom, right? And somebody else's could be something at the bottom, but like you meet a person that does it in a way that appeals to you to where now you have a connection with that person and you love them enough to where it might not have been at the top of your list then, but they made it matter more now. Right. Like, like I said, like touch is not mine now. Like I, I'm a single person. So by no means I'm not over here. Like I don't want to touch yeah. everyone. And you I don't like everybody guy, touching. She's single. Hey, hey, my name is Ellie. She hey. lives at. Whoa. <laughs> I'm, I live. <laughs> I live in um, sort of the hood. It's fine. No one panic. Um, but I just. In the ghetto. <laughs> no. Elvis Presley reference. What? Oh, got it. But for real though, uh, right now at this point in my time, in my life, I. I don't know. I think, but and, and you can use these to love yourself too, though. Like just because true. you're single doesn't mean you can't use these. And you're obviously with your. Are we family talking about touching too. myself? No. What? Whoa, 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 whoa! I mean, was that you too really want to get to talk about touching yourself? Next subject. Uh, how aside. is Gary Chapman doing? <laughs> Joke, jokes aside, like for real, though, like touching yourself, like that is that's self love. Like that is that's okay. Like. Let's get past the stigma. Masturbation is not okay because it's that's fucking stupid. But that's my hands are so hairy. Well, then shave them. <laughs> um, or or use more lotion. Or get used to the seventies. I don't know. <laughs> right, but that's that's a, that's a way of self love. That's kind of that's that's nice because like okay, quality time is mine. Quality time with yourself, like yeah. just having that like getaway moment of like I go to the gym, I work out quite a lot, and I I just I don't know I love like learning about more things I can do to improve either parts of myself that I want to or like performance goals that I have for myself, like just and meeting that standard, that's quality time for yourself. Just don't pleasure yourself there. They Gifts to yourself. Gifts to there's I a time and place to don't show your own Don't touch yourself and your quality time. No, that is Wait, quality. you hey. can't quality time and touch at the same time. That is quality, <laughs> hey, that is quality time. That's... Quality time is touching yourself. Can be. But it's not also, at the gym. It's also a gift. When I play Enya music. <laughs> First of all, words of affirmation, I'm telling myself I'm doing great the entire time because I know what I like. It's an act of service because I'm doing that shit. The gift is me getting off. Thanks, Pete. It's quality time with touch. I just put all five on that shit. Woo! Full Bingo. So the key funny. to happiness is masturbation. And I'm still the selfless lover I've ever been. <laughs> I will give it all to me. I'm so oh. giving. <laughs> I'll do shit that I never thought of. I know the way. Um, oh, so. wow. This it did so let's take it to another turn so another like like another way we use our love language in a way is for me from my experience is grief i Mm -hmm. also believe that grief and love come hand in hand i love this because so let's use the example of touch my love language of touch and i went home uh back in may 2015 uh my grandfather passed away my dad's dad passed away and it was a really hard-hitting thing. It really hit my family really fucking hard. Like, it was not an easy process. But I get there, and I give my family hugs. But the one that meant the most to me, and it brings back to what you were saying, something that you hadn't had in a long time, 
or that wasn't as present as, you know, touch with, with my dad. Like, I never got a lot of hugs from my dad. I got hugs from my dad, people. I'm perfectly stable emotionally. But <laughs> Do you need a hug now? <laughs> no, I'm I'll fine. give you a hug. Hugs. But I'm fine. Um, but I get there, and I give my dad a hug, and he just, like, he holds me. And it's just this moment where we're just holding each other, and it's that love and that grief that that made me feel more love that made me appreciate not only mm-hmm. my love but my father's love because in that moment he needed that communication of touch he needed to know that somebody was there mm-hmm. um in a time where he always had to be strong and in this time he, he needed to not be that strong kind of like you were starved for it right yeah exactly and i think that was that's why i think love and grief come hand in hand too grief's a hard one especially for other people like, sometimes they don't know what they should do for you. You know what I mean? Like, they don't want to be like, oh, I'm going to be happy to make you happy. Or Well, nobody knows how to communicate when someone is grieving. There you go. That's the thing. That's where perfect. no one knows what to say. Like, let's be honest. I mean, I've been to more funerals than I care to admit to. And most of them have been, like, friends that have passed away. And so, what do you say to someone that you already care about but we're talking about somebody that we all care about and we're all friends and it's like i feel what you're feeling but uh i'm sorry all right so to wrap this up before we run out of time to wrap this up that's how we communicate with love love is a very important uh, communication so i'll end on this love yourself love those who you have um, love your friends. Mm-hmm. Love everybody around you. Love is important. Don't love um, too hard or you go blind. Communication is important. Be silly. Yeah. Be kind. Be honest. Yeah. There you go. All right. Like uh, we'll figure out that quote later. But, ladies and gentlemen, that was our first podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. This has been Existential Reality. Hell yeah. ER. We'll see you out. And we will talk shit the next time. Good Let's night. Let's get weird.